0: Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of the podcast, It Should Go Without Saying. I'm your host, Andrew Lewis, and joining me today for the first part of our two-part 12-hour, not really 12 hours, NBA preview is our NBA expert and recently appointed coach of the and Warriors under 21 girls, Adam Amy. How are you doing, Adam? I'm good. I'm really good. Um, now that all the bad sports out of the way, and we're about to get stuck into the good stuff. Yes, yes, lots and lots of English Premier League. Now I, I, I <laughs> I'm a Premier League fan, but we'll talk about that another time. Um, yes, October means NBA season starts. What's it about? Two, three weeks until uh, Lakers at Clippers at Staples. Yeah, not long to go now, and we, we've got the
1: preseason game starting soon. So finally, some stories are going to break. We've sort of gone through that lull. Which wasn't as, as, as long as previous seasons and sort of yeah, lot well, the, in the off season.
0: We're recording this Tuesday night. We actually had the first preseason game today. The Houston Rockets played a game in China against Shanghai and uh, James Harden had a triple double at halftime and unveiled a one foot jump fadeaway three. So Can I uh can I just say
1: quickly that the uh the game there was closer than the AFL grand final? <laughs> Which is it was. Pretty, pretty disappointing.
0: Yes, shout out to uh I think well I've got sixty-eight followers on the Facebook page for a, it should go that saying please uh, follow the page to get all the updates. I think that's still more people than turned up to the GWS family day on Sunday. So everybody loves a winner. That's probably and triple the GWS membership base. On Saturday, uh GWS were certainly not a winner, but we we did predict on this podcast a Richmond victory, but we did Underestimate how well Richmond would play. Moving on, we're yes. going to talk Eastern Conference today, which uh, for many years has been derisively known as the Leeston Conference. And this year seems uh, another one of those years. Neither of, I... neither of us have our teams that we follow in the Eastern Conference. So we've got to find some interest. Yeah, well, I mean, there'll be some. I think there's some entertainment
1: in the East. But there's not a lot of class, not a lot of class at all,
0: unfortunately. To be be fair, a team from the Eastern Conference is the defending NBA champions, but uh, unfortunately, they are not the same team as they were back in June. We will get to them. Now, what I was thinking I was going to do, Adam, considering this is my podcast, is that we're going to count down my rankings from worst to best, my predictions, now, if you all remember last year on uh, Adam's Hoops and Heroes podcast, I predicted the Cleveland Cavaliers would be fine <laughs> and finished fourth. And uh, there's no, th- no person, no creature angrier in the world that a podcaster scorned. And uh, <laughs> this year, the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to be 15th in the Eastern Conference. And remember, all predictions wrong, all your money back. Yeah, the Cleveland Cavaliers, They've got, I've got them down as last. They've got last. Uh, a lineup pro- projected at the moment to be Colin Sexton, Brandon Knight, Seti Osman, Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson with uh, Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr. on the, the notables on the bench. That is a team uh, that nah. really looks like they're keen to snare another number one draft pick. You've heard of the Charlotte Hornets, haven't you? The Charlotte Hornets? I've got them, but I do actually have a couple more teams ahead of them. We'll get to them. But uh I would have Cleveland ranked them
1: sixteenth out of fifteen, to be honest, the Hornets. But anyway, let's let's talk cabs because they're 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 pretty uh pretty ordinary to say the
0: least. They have they have they have a trade piece in Kevin Love, but they weren't able to move him last season and he's I, not I, getting in young
1: Yeah, well but this is the thing, that, that piece keeps devaluing by the moment. Mm-hmm. He's injury prone. Uh, he's he's not really. I don't think he fits in the the current landscape of the league. So, yeah, is, he, be. is he
0: overvalued though in terms of a like a January or February move from a contender? Do they need him to devalue to a point where he can be sort of someone off the bench who runs with a second unit, plays? more center than power forward in today's NBA, hits some threes, gets some rebounds, gets some instant offense going, but you don't have to play him 35 minutes a night. You want to play him 15, 20 minutes a night? Is he just overvalued is, for that? As long as people don't
1: uh, see him as, I don't know, 2010 Kevin Love, this is the this is the problem. The value that they're putting on him, they, people want that in return. Like They want that kind of uh, trade-off. Then it's not going to happen. It's not a reality. It doesn't matter what he's getting paid. His output of recent years hasn't hasn't been worth it, and that and that said, he's been injured quite, quite significantly. Some might say sort of cost the the Cavs when they
0: were a powerhouse against the against the Warriors. A team that I think uh, would he would probably fit in well would be someone like the Houston Rockets, who are always trying to add another piece, aren't worried about not having draft picks in the future or things like that, they think they can always attract players. It'll be interesting to see because we've just had a preseason where anyone, particularly in the Western Conference, who had any idea that they could perhaps contend made a move Mm. to get better. And there's not that many players left who who haven't moved in this offseason of that ilk, and Kevin Love might have some interest.
1: Yeah, I I think he'll he'll be amongst the trade rumors. Uh, Look, I can't see a reason that Cleveland would really want to keep him. Like, There's no solid long-term plan for keeping Kevin Love. So if the opportunity arises and and the right trade comes around, I I
0: think that'll be definitely explored. I think uh, Cleveland's real problem will be if the karma bus sort of hits them. (laughs) They did have four number one draft picks in a 15-year period. If they yeah. if that was if that was the situation and suddenly they started having the worst record and getting pick threes and pick fours and stuff like that, then they won't be able to get that next transformative player to mm. rocket back into contention.
1: Well, the, the thing is it, it's it's getting harder and harder to get that elusive number one pick. They're balancing the scales so that like tanking and being dead ass last is, is not gonna guarantee you a, a great chance of getting the having those lottery balls fall your way, as we mm. saw with uh, New Orleans.
0: Yeah, there's not a lot that interests me about the Cavs. Like Larry Nance what... Jr. might be in the dunk comp. Yeah, I did like that the other year when he, you know, showed some love to his father who won a, the first ever dunk comp when he was at Phoenix. Larry Nance Jr. Yes. won it with the the two ball dunk, didn't he? That dunk, dunk. Yeah, had the two balls. In his hand, his yeah, and and it was that whole
1: retro jersey. Uh, the, yeah, I don't know, the, the dunk comps these days, all star weekend
0: becomes a bit of a blur. I thought so. last year's dunk comp was pretty good. The guy jumping over Shaq, I forget who it was. I mean, it was obviously <laughs> so memorable, I forgot who jumped over Shaq. I think it was the guy who won, but and he did the Vince Carter elbow dunk. That wasn't, um, oh god, I can't even remember who it was. Vince Carter won his dunk comp before the Sydney Olympics. He won his dunk comp before he dunked over Frederick Weiss. It's 19 years later, 19 and a half years later, and he's still in the league. He is, and, and yes. this
1: will be his – I'm guessing it'll be his, his final hurrah. Do they put him in the dunk competition this year?
0: In some way. That's what they should have, <laughs> like, a, like the old a guys veteran, dunk competition. A veterans dunk comp. Yeah, yeah. They could they could uh, put someone one of the old guys who I'm not going to embarrass with a name, but put one of the old guys in a wheelchair and just shoot them out of a cannon at the at the <laughs> ring. That would
1: probably be more entertaining than something like the skills challenge.
0: <laughs> um, is the skills it, normally to me, on All Star Sunday as it is in Australia? the the uh, The skills challenge comes on and just like okay, I'll just. Wait me, you know. I'm, I'm watched the All Star Saturday, you know, with all the different events for the three point comp. So we're getting closer to the point where someone doesn't miss a shot. I I, I think um, maybe maybe uh,
1: towards the end of the year we have a chat about different different ways that the, the All Star weekend could be improved.
0: Maybe maybe early New Year sounds could like a good idea. But interesting we Interesting spent- discussion. We've spent most of our time, we've allotted to Cleveland talking about anything but Cleveland, so let's move on. I, I was going to say,
1: I think that that shows just how much faith we have and how much interest we have uh, in watching this Cleveland Cavaliers side this
0: year. Speaking of franchises I have enormous faith in, number 14 in my Eastern Conference rankings is the New York Knicks. Can I go back to put
1: the previous question about, do you know the Charlotte Hornets are in the league?
0: I I do, but I don't trust the Knicks. So, okay, they've got Dennis Smith Jr. They've got R.J. Barrett, who's going to be – he's one of the highest profile rookies. The and they've got second year of Kevin Knox. They've got Julius Randle, who I am who I know you would still like at the L.A. I Lakers. I love Julius Randle back in L.A. They've got one of the Mo- – Marcus Morris. I don't know if that's the good one. Uh, they've got Taj Gibson, Wayne Ellington, Alfred Payton – they got some bodies. They spent a lot of money, but they just didn't. They didn't spend it on Kevin Durant and Curry Irving, which is what they thought they were going to spend it on. They they the thought whole, they were going to be in the lead up. I I do have to admit, I feel a bit sorry for the
1: Knicks fans. They position themselves really, really well, mm-hmm. but I think they're a, a, a steaming pile of yeah. No, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm lost for words with with the Knicks. I think it does come down to ownership. I think they've got a, they've made a lot of mistakes, and they haven't made the right moves to show they've learned from them. Yeah, I, I the think that's problem- the nicest possible way to say that.
0: I agree. Their problem is ownership and the way the whole economy surrounding basketball, NBA basketball, at the moment is. The Knicks are worth $3, 4000000000 billion, some ridiculous amount of money. They're one of the top top three franchises in the league as yeah, far as and, value, net value. And they haven't really had a meaningful moment since very shortly after Patrick Ewing tore his Achilles. And that they, is not – yeah, not they are They are a license to print money. So they are profitable. The Knicks fans continue to show up. They're still the dominant franchise uh, in that area much as sugar to the Nets. And they are got an owner who doesn't want to sell because of that reason. So you would have to overpay. And, you know, you've got to have that sort of money on hand. There's no buyer out there for the Knicks. So this is going to persist until something drastic happens. The New York fans should be starting a GoFundMe page. They're going to raise... Crowdfund your- a buyout of the Knicks. Yeah. You do know that all of the... American sporting leagues prohibit that sort of pu- public ownership of sporting franchises because the Green Bay Packers are publicly owned, and that's the other, that happened before <laughs> they brought the prohibition in. A lot, lot harder to baffle uh, it off to an individual. A lot harder. <laughs> he he has four billion dollars. You know, some guy who lives in Central Park West, Mister Strum. Pick the person you think's going to run
1: it, then run the GoFundMe to pay that guy to run the Knicks. Yeah.
0: What about the Podfather? Would you get Bill Simmons to do it? Yeah, and he'd, would, he'd, he'd buy the he'd buy the Knicks just to. He'd move them to, to Seattle. I think that's the would. problem. <laughs> um, R.J. Barrett will get plenty of reps. He'll get plenty of shots. Yeah, look, uh, looking, they, they looking at this look lineup, far, it's, but this is a bizarre yeah. team. They have, I'd,
1: I'd almost say two teams. Just like looking at the way they're structured, there's none of those, I don't know, they're they're all either older players that are playing for their career or they're fresh off the boat. Like they've just come from their first, second-year players. I think that's the problem, isn't it, that they're neither one thing or the other? The veterans aren't leaders. They're just old. Look, I, I don't know what to make of them. Look, Taj Gibson in his day, not bad. This day and age, not so much. Julius Randle's the only real standout I can see on this as far as not so your first second year player or what is it, third for Dennis Smith Jr. Mm. Yeah, there's there's not there's not a whole lot here. I mean Barrett's gonna get reps galore, but sure, what's gonna happen? They're gonna be a train wreck for a couple of seasons and Barrett's gonna end his rookie deal and sign elsewhere. Mm. I, also, I mean, a I could, contract extension, and then asked to be traded because that's the way the league works these days.
0: Yeah, I can, <laughs> I, I can see, I can see a situation where they could win thirty games, but that's an optimistic assessment. And since when have the Knicks ever ended up on the high side of a range of assessment, but a prediction before the season started? They always underperform. There's incentive for them to not win many games but that would be that would have also represented the incentive for them to do what the sixers did a few years ago and you know spend below the salary floor instead of throwing a whole bunch yeah. of mid to upper range contract sizes and lengths at guys like Randall and I think well, and, and you, you look Lawrence. at
1: you look at these these contracts. They're all one or two year deals, so they're one year with uh, team options. They, they've they've structured it so that they've got flexibility. Now we all know that the next big lot of free agency is a couple of years away, so they're they're, they're trying to position themselves for the next lot of free agents,
0: which is Giannis, correct? Who's going well, to be in LA? Gonna- so I don't know why they why they're bothering, but. Jeez. what? What I'm just going to check the clock. We're at about the 16 minute mark. That that took too long. for too you long to bring up a Laker signing uh, conspiracy theory. You, you're, slipping. you're slipping.
1: I was gonna I was gonna bring the Lakers up. I was gonna talk about my soft spot for Jordan Clarkson when we talked about the Cavs. I I, I let that. Out. I did. We did talk about Larry Nance, and he was a Laker yeah. when he made the dunk comp. But all right, all right, Fair still enough. reckon Giannis is going to um to Los Angeles. Big three I, he's with, not, with AD and, and and LeBron. LeBron in his dwindling. Unless have LeBron's money,
0: unless they learn from the mistakes <laughs> that were just made with the Kyrie and Kevin Durant uh, pursuit, they're going to be disappointed again. If they just, you know, they've got the, their money is the same color as everyone else's. It's actually a little less if you compare it to teams in various states of well, America which don't have an income tax. Correct. And if you don't package the deal where they can, you know, this is the money you can make other than your salary and, you know, try and structure it that way, like the Nets did and like some other teams did, the Clippers, they're going to be wanting again. So I, I don't trust them to make the signing in two years. So they can have all the flexibility they want. Yeah. I mean, if the problem is, and, and we'll go back
1: to my beloved Lakers, they've, they've had the same issue over the, the better part of a decade. It's not the name of the franchise anymore. It's not that come to us where the New York Knicks everybody's got money. Every there are different incentives. Mm. Players don't want to just play in the purple and gold, yeah. But people, they I mean, other people around them. And until LeBron went, no one was really entertaining the idea of going to LA. Fair enough. They're still the Lakers
0: to a certain extent. The Knicks have two championships in their history.
1: Yeah, well I mean, then the problem is what's the what's the pitch to to Kyrie and KD, where the Knicks fresh start in New York bring this great brand back to greatness and Kyrie goes, you know
0: what? I'm gonna hang in Brooklyn. And then KD follows. Yeah. In his wheelchair. You know who doesn't have a lot of flexibility in terms of their salary structure? Oh no. The the team I've got at number thirteen, and that's Unlucky the Washington Wizards. I'm oh. lucky for someone. Unlucky uh, number thirteen. They have the worst contract in basketball. John Wall's contract is something like four years, one hundred eighty million dollars. Has it just started? Yep. So they have they have no moves to make, other than a possible. They re-signed Thomas Bryant. Well, that, that's good. They have a starting set. They're, they're starting five at the moment, projected to be Ish Smith, Bradley Beal, Troy Brown who I thought retired from the New England Patriots about 10 years ago. a Different guy. <laughs> Davis Bertans and Thomas Bryant. Yeah. All right. Now, look,
1: let, let's look at their awesome draft night. <laughs> oh, wait. Never mind. Never mind. Now, how do you pronounce this name? Is it Rui or Rui Hachimura? The, the number Hachimura.
0: That's a, Hachimura. That's a Japanese
1: name, isn't it? Yeah. So how do you pronounce the first name? It's R-U-I. Rui, 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 Rui. Rui. Yeah. ninth pick overall. Big expect,
0: yeah. big, big minutes for the rook. Yeah, and he's behind Bertrand's. Who <laughs> I'm just going to pronounce his name a different way every time I say it. Yeah, another team, to, another team to be another another supporter group fan base to feel a little bit sorry for because you know they had. It was a, it was a conventional decision to sign Wardle the big huge contract. He was their big star. He had played well in in a playoff series. They got to keep that core together: ball, Wall and Beal. And then he does his Achilles, which is you know a, a, a death sentence to a lot of players' careers. And now yeah. the only way they can move the Wall contract is to move Beal with it. Mm, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Um, yeah. and, and it
1: is. Like we, we, we talk about things like the Russell Westbrook or Chris Paul trade that like they're immovable contracts and they got moved. I don't see anything pairing with this
0: John Wall contract. Yeah, well, Westbrook and Paul play and they play well and they produce. Not to the yeah. point, you know, in terms of the It's not algorithm. expiring for how long is it? Four years. Four years. Yeah, so, it's a while.
1: They'll be holding onto it for a little while. Yeah, their only hope is to is to make something out of literally out of nothing, and that that's on the shoulders of Bradley Beal.
0: Yeah, they either trade the two of them together as a set as a as a job lot and give nine and seventy three a run, or they just have to sit there and hope John Wall comes good at some stage. But I mean, it's it's sad, but
1: uh, but looking at the landscape of the
0: league and the East,
1: is it really worth? Trying to chase something, just wait, just wait, suck for a bit longer. And it's not, it's not a fun thing to have happen, but they, they really don't have a choice. Get reps as into the young a, ones, build for a future as, three, four years down the track.
0: As as far as a coaching situation goes, I mean, you can play young guys, you can try things. Um, yep, you know, you can give guys. 10-day contracts and and see what happens, and who knows? You never know. You might find yourself a diamond in the rough. It's not going to get you
1: into the playoffs, but give those Washington people some hope. Yep. Now,
0: obviously, Adam's been waiting for this, so here's another team that's not going to make the playoffs, and that's my number 12, the Charlotte Hornets.
1: Man, you must think the Knicks are going to get real unlucky.
0: I'm a, like some is
1: there of the, something I mean, some I'm missing the, on the... I just... The Charlotte Hornets so. have to be one of the worst franchises in NBA history, the state of this franchise right now. Is that since the late 80s or... Is, no, 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 not like the overall franchise, but the state, the, the current state of where things are with their contracts, with their lack of anything that resembles a player or a coach.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously they've lost Kemba Walker. They they have replaced him with Terry Rozier. They've got Batum. Uh, they've got Dwayne Bacon at the small forward. I, they uh, should be coached by Kevin Bacon. <laughs> the six
1: degrees. They could that's play the this. only. That's the only way I can see this being an entertaining
0: squad. They could play a an offense where either they have to pass. Each time they go on the floor six times and call it the six passes of Kevin Bacon, or <laughs> they can all stand around the ring six degrees apart from each other in a semicircle and call that the six degrees of, Ke- of Kevin Bacon, the six degrees oh. of Wayne Bacon. Uh, they've got Miles Bridges and they've got Cody Zeller. They've got a bench that has Malik Mark, Michael Kid Gilchrist, and the man who has the greatest uh, Marv Albert name of all time, Bismack Biombo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Bismack Biombo. I'm
1: I'm I'm just looking at Michael Kid Gilchrist and be like, all right, is this the season we see his his potential? Is this potentially his breakout year?
0: <laughs> he's behind. He's been going for a while. Him, yeah. Kid's been waiting to break out. No, I can see um, Rosier getting hot in a few games. I just I don't think they're. I'm not as you know
1: scorned or. I reckon burnt. he's going to going to absolutely crack it when he starts coming off the bench in
0: place of. Monk. You got Monk. He's gonna get some uh, crunch time minutes at point guard. Are there gonna be any crunch time minutes in Charlotte?
1: Only <laughs> if the bacon's crunchy. Oh or well, crispy. I'm Obviously sorry. I can't get past Wayne Bacon. That's all I've got <laughs> for Charlotte. Obviously. They say everything's better with bacon.
0: Here's proof <laughs> that it's not. <laughs> <laughs> obviously the fact that michael jordan is the single most competitive person ever born has not translated itself into success as an owner slash executive
1: i've got I a better think- chance of, of
0: not finishing 15th if jordan suits up yeah I more think this is a franchise that's just not going anywhere, rather than a single season historically bad franchise. But uh, do you reckon Jordan's looking for the Seattle Hornets? That'd be He's hard. He's trying on to drive them so far to the ground that they relocate to Seattle. That'd be hard on the Hornets fans, wouldn't it? If they, if they. I mean, anyway, MJ's much more likely to move the team to Vegas. True. We true. know how much he loves uh, a little bit of blackjack and. I don't, I, don't, I don't think there'll be teams relocated. I think two new franchises will
1: come up. There'll be a Seattle and a Vegas.
0: Yeah, I think I agree with that as well. But maybe they can't move to Vegas. Maybe MJ's been you know, banned from too many casinos <laughs> and hotels it's... trying to bribe blackjack dealers. So he's probably well, going to sue me now. What's the upside for the Hornets this year? Well, they they find a couple of players play well and they're not – as bad as everyone says they were, but they'll still miss the playoffs. They'll still be a lottery team. They'll have a chance at the number one pick. That's their upside. There's no, there's yeah. no real reason to watch them. I look at Washington, and I think the only way – that they would have to get the number one draft pick to be competitive. Mm. The Hornets look, Bridges, get the right Bacon, player. They bring someone Monk, in.
1: A couple of those. Yeah, all right, all right. I can I can see them developing a little bit, yeah. But yeah, there, there's um, yeah, there's not a lot else. A development year where they all get a bit more experience and more court time than they probably get on a different roster for a lot of these players. Yeah, unfortunate.
0: Yep. Another team that had a good development year last year, or a team that did have a good development year. Not suggesting the Charlotte Horns will have a good development year, but it could happen. My number eleven team in the Eastern Conference at the moment is the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, uh, is I, than like... I we were "Gonna hear about the Hawks." Oh, you had them higher. Oh, I've got. I got them as my Smokey in the East. You got them as your Smokey in the East. Wouldn't surprise I mean, Trey Young really came on in the second half of the year. Mm. So, as sort of a prototypical next sort of Steph Curry type. So well, they've got. They've Herta, got an exciting lineup. DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, and Alex Len. They've got a Cam Reddish, uh, Jabari Parker, Bruno Fernando, Alan Crab, uh, Chandler Parsons is in there. Damian Jones. They've they've got some they've got some bodies. They've got a good mix. I I really think they've
1: got a good mix.
0: They've got They're the oldest team. vet. And yes, they've got Vince Carter coming back for another season. They've got, a, they've got a lineup where you get them on the wrong night, that will be that will be unpleasant for you because they'll be able to put points on the board. And that's it. You, you've got, I mean, Reddish and Young could be very exciting to watch this season. They're another franchise which historically has sort of struggled. They've had moments. They had a really good core probably about mm. six or seven years ago, and somehow they weren't able to keep that together. They had Al Horford, they had Josh Smith, they had. some not they had. Some, they had did uh, they win the over 60 guard. games one season? And I think that was when Dominic Wilkins was playing for them. Uh, they had Jeff Teague. You know, when he they did, they did have a really good...
1: They had a great lineup. Yeah. so and They just weren't able to keep it together.
0: That was around they, the time they, when they, And they got
1: DeAndre run. Hunter. Yeah. Yeah, look, I'm looking at this going, this could be really entertaining. I, I think they can... I I I think they could, with with how weak the rest of the Eastern Conference is, these guys could run a few teams off their uh, off their
0: feet. Yeah. Look, I think as far as a team that could surprise, they're probably the one I would suggest. Mm. But I haven't. I've decided. I've been safe with my. You were burnt by Cleveland last year. Wait till you see who I've gotten the, the the cursed four spot this year. Uh-oh. In the Eastern Conference. It's the Lakers. Um, <laughs> That would no, be a turn of the books. No. Tough um, look. Tough look. Did I have the Lakers in the fourth in the West last season? remember the fourth spot. I feel like I did. No, I think I had them third. I had them in the playoffs. Yeah. You had yeah, them not as but... high. And we, well, I was more wrong. No, I mean, I like the Hooks. I could see them winning 40 games if they really develop, but I'm just going to wait to see if it happens. I'm going to Mm. keep my powder dry, but they've certainly got- I think they did a lot of developing this
1: season. I mean, sorry, this past season. Mm. Trey Young late in the season, you're right. John Collins was good. Yeah, I like the fact that they added both Reddish and Hunter.
0: Fair enough. Number 10, heading towards the playoff spots. Um, I've got the Chicago Bulls, 10. They've got some nice pieces: Levine, Porter, Markenden. Uh They've got Wendell Carter Jr. and Thomas Saturanski rounding out that starting five. They got Thaddeus Young. They've got Antonio Blakely, Kobe White, Chris Dunn. They've got some pieces as well. They they do. They're too they're bad last season. They were they were they were in the running till the last two or three weeks, if my memory serves me correctly, but uh, just weren't good enough to get over some other teams.
1: Yeah, and and look, I think we need to 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 explain before we go any further with this because I'm about to repeat a lot of things I said about Atlanta about them being young and exciting, and yeah. that's not a criticism saying that they're just entertaining and they're not good. Mm. They are. It's you see those patches where everything clicks, yeah, and and their basketball IQs are growing and developing, and and you you think if you keep young groups like this together that's where you get those young glimpses of a golden state squad yeah cuz that's how that squad came to be
0: yes but they had they had the three foundational pieces and they all sort of arrived within one or two seasons of each other and then they all developed together so that sort of steph Correct. clay draymond nucleus and if you can get those two it's or three pieces like john coming- collins <laughs> I'm not going to go back. Trey Young that. and Cam Reddish. Yes, <laughs> correct. I mean, you got to have if you can get those pieces coming through together. I mean, a lot of the great NBA teams uh, have had those three foundational pieces. And I remember back in well, who high came school, in just when, after Jordan. Speaking of the Bulls, yes, uh, I remember when I was in high school and uh, MJ came back after his sabbatical, baseball sabbatical. And I remember saying, "Horace Grant's gone. They're not. They haven't got the third piece yet." In that, that ninety when he came back for the mm. second half of the ninety five season, and of course they got knocked out in the playoffs, and then they had a Dennis Robb, And I was like, okay, they've got the third piece now. This is scary. I'm and they won seventy two games and won three titles in a row. So
1: yeah, that's yeah. Um, that is it's having that that foundation, <clears> having <throat> that chemistry and 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 growth together as a yep. group. And I, I, and I think you're right. Chicago's got a lot of these these signs
0: yeah, I mean, it, it's a it's a coin flip between Atlanta and Chicago for those spots. I just probably trust the Bulls franchise just a little bit more historically. So mm. Atlanta have been at times very poor, and Bulls not so much for not so long. I think they'll
1: be they'll be interesting teams to watch uh, if anyone's got league pass and sort of wants to watch a random game. Like if they're up and on, you'd flick it over and have a have a bit of a look-see.
0: Absolutely. And, I mean, Trey Young's certainly a league pass guy. He's, you know, oh, yeah, he's five, yeah. five or six. He's hit four threes, and we've got eight minutes to go in the second quarter. Switch on. He's heating up, you know. Now, my number nine team was the same team as my smoky for last year's playoffs in the Eastern Conference, for which I was proven correct. This was one of my predictions that I got right. And that was, I said at the start of the season, the Detroit Pistons would make the playoffs. I don't have them making the playoffs this season, but I've got them in the number nine spot. Okay. Well, I'd, I'd actually have them down where Atlanta were. Well, I think that's pretty much what you said last year, but yeah, they've still got Blake Griffin. Uh, they <laughs> it's another season on- of Blake Griffin trying to score 30 points a night. They've got Andre Drummond. They've got Tony Snell. They've got Brown Jr. They've got Reggie Jackson. They've got Derek Rose on the bench, who they, they signed. They've got the other Morris twin, Markeith Morris. They've got Ozzie Tonmaker, Maker. They've got Michael Beasley, if anyone cares about that. The reason why I clicked to mm. play the playoffs last season was I think everyone forgot how good Blake Griffin was. I just don't see him being better this season than he was last season. Yeah, I don't, and I don't think they're
1: overall. Yeah, I just don't, I don't see them. Overall, is a better squad.
0: Mm. Yeah, I don't know if they've improved. I mean, obviously, Derek Rose was a bit of a pleasant surprise last season for the Minnesota mm. Timberwolves, but he's still not. Different circumstances, paid. and it was a flash in the pan. Yeah, I mean, he's got to produce it again, doesn't he? Yeah. So, he still It's good up. to see Thon getting some opportunity. I'm mm. I mean, really, he's got to be moving a guy like Drummond out of the way, though, doesn't he? He has to be taking that spot because Drummond's a bit of a, a dying yeah. breed in the NBA. Drummond's second half of the year was pretty good. I mean, he rebounded the ball like nobody's business, but yeah. you need someone to space the floor a bit for Blake Griffin so he isn't just shooting jump shots, and Drummond doesn't do that, whereas there are certainly some other guys in the league who play centre who could do that.
1: Yeah, lots of them. That's what most of them are sort of built for these days. Mm. As you said, he's sort of the last of a, an old breed, so to speak. It'll come yeah. back
0: one day. I'm interested to see when it happens, you know, when someone starts thinking, well, these guys have got no one on the floor who can defend in the post, that sort of thing. We're going to destroy teams inside and suddenly start shooting 65% because no, you know, they're dunking and laying up all the time. Mm. I don't know. I mean, just, just, Detroit, just Detroit aside, to, Detroit's a weird one. Just an aside, considering the Detroit Pistons were, I think, one of the 72 NBA teams Shaq played for at some stage in his career. How many points would Shaq average in today's NBA? Peak Shaq, like 2,000 Shaq.
1: 2,000 Shaq in today's NBA? Yeah. Would he average That's 40 a tricky. game? No. Some of the rules have changed. I just... Uh. They'd be able to play a zone on him now, wouldn't they? They wouldn't be able to play mm. that last before, so... It'd, it'd change a little bit. Look, he'd still be dominant inside. So physical and over overbearing, but he doesn't have that that range. Is, so is he becomes predictable, Unst- like he's near unstoppable. But it's still really easy to 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 change an offense or a defense to to account for a one dimensional. No offense to Shaq, but a relatively one dimensional
0: game. Yeah, is he historically losing some of his luster? Is it a recency bias situation where people are forgetting how good Shaq was? Well, I mean, there's a lot of that that back and forth with with Kobe and the, the whole
1: if he wasn't lazy. Shaq wasn't lazy. He was fit. And you remember Orlando Shaq, how athletic for a center he was. Mm. He, he got bigger, sure, but he was still athletic. He just got bigger. When he left LA, he got bigger again. That was the problem.
0: He, I remember when he left there, and then he went from LA to Miami and then to Phoenix. <sighs> then Cleveland. Every, every time he,
1: I, I think every every franchise he moves on to, he jersey went up a size. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Boston no. and Cleveland Shaq. Like, oh. It's a custom sized jersey. But that, look, it's the twilight of his career. He's not as active. The body doesn't hold up as well as you get older. You understand that. But Prime Shaq. I think would play the satellite would be that rim-running pick. he just just absolutely dominate when it gets into that one-on-one post situation. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, though. There'd be, like, He's three not or four guys. Three. He's not adapting. He, if, if Prime Shack is playing in our day and age, he is not adapting his
0: game to shoot the three ball. No. but There's, like, three or four guys in the NBA who could be able to defend him right now, and That and that's all. So exactly, exactly right. So close. you've got the pros and
1: pros and cons.
0: Shaq would argue there was never anyone who could defend him, but anyway, there are,
1: there are defensive schemes. Yeah. So yeah. yes, yeah. We're into that, the playoff that, teams now. We're into the playoff teams, and I haven't heard a couple of names. That's interesting. Yeah, I, a couple of names. Well, the the Detroit Pistons one interests me because maybe I'm going back to the Knicks now. Yeah. Do you think there comes a point at the 12 game mark? And I haven't looked at the schedule, but if they've got an early soft schedule and the Knicks are like seven and five, that every Knicks fan is like, we're making the playoffs. We told you oh, this absolutely. was going
0: to Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And, yeah. and do the Pistons start off at like on fire because Blake comes out averaging 34 points a
0: game and they're like Detroit, the, ba- uh, the boys are back baby kind of thing. Yeah, but Detroit, then- just, Detroit just made the playoffs. The Knicks spent all of last year trying to get, Durant and or Kyrie. And And Zion. Empty and Zion. (laughs) Their big plan of getting the number one overall pick and two superstars kind of backfired. I think the Pistons' expectations on the main will be a lot more uh, centered and realistic. While Knicks fans will either think they're in a terrible situation or that this is about to turn because you have to be that optimistic to, for them to be a Knicks fan true. at the moment. So very true. That said, uh, yeah, Detroit. I feel like did ownership
1: like just hibernate through free agency, and it was it was like, oh, end of the season. Guess we're gonna have a nap and wake up in, in September. Yeah, it's like they didn't really. Yeah, they didn't develop things a lot, and it's not like it's not for like a try. And look at got Rose and a couple of uh, extra pieces, but. I still
0: don't, just don't see this as better than last year's squad. No, I agree. And that's why I had them out of the playoffs where last year I had them in and I was right. The number eight seed in my predictions for the Eastern Conference is the Orlando Magic who made the playoffs okay. last season. They've yep. got DJ Augustin. They've got Evan Fournier, Jonathan Isaac, who I think is a rookie. They've got Aaron Gordon. They've got Nikola Busevich. On the bench, they've got Terrence Ross. They've got Michael Carter-Williams. They've got an early nomination for best name in the NBA in Mo Bamba. And they've got the great mirage of the NBA at the moment, poor old Markel Fultz.
1: Who is uh, apparently ready to show everybody how good he is.
0: I hope so. Mm. I hope so. I mean, that's a huge... Risk reward upside for the Orlando Magic. If Fultz comes in and is able to play, not as necessarily a number one pick, but as a, a like a, top, a lottery pick, yep. then you know that's a team that looks really solid. They, you know, they a actually conference it, where there are there is there are playoff spots up for grabs. and that's it. Like it looks on paper, they've
1: got a good mix. They've got a yes. decent core coming back from last year. You look at it, you got Vucevic, Terence Ross, Aaron Gordon, Fultz to probably either play the one or Augustine or Augustine. So DJ and Markel switch halfway through the season if Markel's any good. Yeah, you want that transition. Uh Fournier off the off the bench. Sure. Alfa Camino They've got different types of players. And this is yes. what you want. You want you want your rookies. To, to get the opportunities, but yep. you also want your vets to carry the load, and, and they've got quite a good spread. I think so, Jonathan Isaac's in his second, second or third year.
0: Oh, okay. I think if he you look at the Magic count. and the Pistons, these are the two teams that filled the seven and eight slots in the Eastern Conference last year. Mm. I think the Magic are younger, they've got more room for improvement, and they've got this Fultz thing that could be nothing, but it could be something. It uh, could be a really important something, whereas Detroit, they're not young. They're not getting, I don't see the improvement in them. They add Derek Rose, who was M- you know NBA MVP a long time ago. From an upside uh, situation, from a, from a potential for improvement, I like the Magic a lot more. And I think just getting into the playoffs, it's still underrated. I think a lot of... Teams are like, oh, no, we want to be a lottery team and all that sort of stuff. But these guys got big games. They didn't play badly against – they had the bucks in the series, I think, and they took a couple of games. So, To, to win are... a, game, a game in the playoffs was was huge for Orlando. Uh, and I think it, do, it does
1: fill those young ones with confidence. That That's the big thing. Yeah. It's an experience. That season making the playoffs, it's a huge difference between having the entire – an extended offseason because you didn't make the playoffs at all at least having to, to get a few reps in. Even some of the older players like Gordon and, and Vucevic. Yeah. You want to expose those players as much
0: as possible. Yeah. I mean, every team I've got above them in the Eastern Conference has either got significantly better from last season or hasn't gotten worse to the point where I've got them behind Orlando. But I think, the Orlando Magic have enough improvement in them to at least maintain their position in the playoffs. And agreed, you know, if the false thing comes to fruition and they're able to get some sort of bonus out of that, then who knows? I, I mean, I don't, I don't see them in the running for home court in the first round of the playoffs, but you never know. This guy was drafted number one; that wasn't for no reason. Correct.
1: Correct. Yeah. So it'll be interesting, definitely, to watch this space thing. And I think they will be an entertaining team to watch on, yeah. on League Pass, even though there's a few unknowns with the younger ones. But Orlando's definitely um, definitely on the rise, which is good to see. Yep. Yeah.
0: Number seven. I'm not lucky. living in Florida for number Ooh. seven. Lucky got, number seven. Lucky number seven. I've got the Miami Heat Ooh. coming back into the playoffs. I've got Dragic, Dion Waiters. The new addition: Jimmy Butler, James Johnson, and Bam Adebayo. They've got Kelly Olynyk. They've got Justice Winslow. They've got a nice starting five. But I really like—I like the addition of Butler to that team. Uh, Jimmy
1: Butler is a huge upgrade. Yeah. From having your best player be like Dwayne Wade, like an aging, yeah. an aging Dwayne Wade. I, Realistically, I, 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 because Hassan Whiteside just... wasn't going to ever play serious time, like serious minutes Um, after all the conflict and everything. And you knew there was going to be problems, but they waited it out. They got the trade through. Great. I think they've got some good pieces and they're very well coached with um, Spolstra.
0: Yes. And this is the situation Butler's been trying to get into. I know there's a lot of talk about, you know, he's been trying to get to Miami. But it's also in terms of the team around him. It's the situation he's been wanting to get into his entire career. He will be the guy with the ball at the end of games, undoubtedly. This is is his team. So, Um, was that approved by Dion Waiters? (laughs) It's been approved (laughs) by me, and it's been approved by Jimmy Butler. Jimmy's very keen on this plan. Oh no! This—I mean, this is how the team should operate, and I think. There'll be strong enough characters around this team. You talk about the veteran leadership. You talk about the coaching at Miami. You've got Pat Riley in the front office. He you know, made this move. I probably would have liked to have seen them try and keep Josh Richardson, but they had to make the move. Butler's better now. This Miami team, in my estimation, should be a playoff team, but they're not going to contend for a championship. They're probably one really decent piece away. And that, look, they they
1: still the ability that list has got some pieces on it, yeah. So you might be able to, to to make a trade for for the right piece before the trade deadline. And and look, Miami Miami might be able to make a move. I I've got them in fifth, I think, in my power rankings. Okay, that's pretty good. I think they be. I, I think Spolstra. I, I put a lot of value in the um the leadership from the coach. And and the program like the way what they the results they get and have proven to to get out of um,
0: subpar lists. Yeah, it's Miami an attractive especially. place for prospective mm. players too. There's no, I mean, same as Orlando. There's no state income tax in Florida. I just I want to see them at peace without giving up Dragic for the sake of this season. I understand the Dragic could yeah. walk, and I understand the rationale behind that, but. You know, I've, I watched enough of Dragic when he was at Phoenix. He might not be entirely the same player, but he's still a very good
1: very NBA capable. starting
0: point guard. Yes, oh, yeah, by um, all means, very capable. And the team that I think have just about, you know, improved the most in terms of a situation, a winning situation this season, just added probably the point guard in the league who most fulfills uh, that carry. But I don't want to spoil tomorrow. But I just want them, if they can keep Dragic and they can add a piece. Mm. I mean, what would this team look like if they added Kevin Love and played him at the five? Ooh.
1: That's interesting.
0: Yeah. What do they give up for it? Well, I'm seeing ideally, they wouldn't give up Dragic for that situation because they had the top down starting five mm. of all really good players. They probably have to give up someone like Olinik. Um But yeah. I don't know if his contract is. Attractive enough Yeah It'd be interesting To see doing. if they could Do something with Contracts to get
1: Love Yeah um, Reality is they'd, they'd probably Need to take on A couple of Other bad Players Mm-mm. Bad contracts Almost Yeah And Cleveland's Got plenty of those <laughs> We've had plenty Of uh, bad Cleveland do have Plenty of bad
0: But yeah yeah. Like uh, Miami this season Yeah Yeah I think I think, I think. I think Butler gets.
1: Funnily enough, I, I don't. I. I'm not excited
0: to watch them, but I think they'll do well. Do well. Uh, I think they'll be a good enough watch. I think they'll hang with some pretty good teams in games. I do, yeah, I, I think they'll hang, fun. but I just, I, I, it doesn't excite me to see
1: that lineup and go. Oh, got to get home because Miami's on the
0: telly it is a reasonably old fashioned constructed team. Yeah. They look at they they look a lot like a team the way they would have been constructed 7 seasons ago rather than you know post the yeah. era of 3. So but we shall see. I've got we them shall. seven. Okay, we, first We've got 6 to go. 6 to go. Here comes the real first amazing, yeah, this is the one that's going to Get the air out of the room when everyone hears this. Number six, I've got the Brooklyn Nets.
1: Yeah, I was, I was, I was going to have them at eighth or
0: something. I, I, I'm still undecided on the Nets. I think I they think get they be a train wreck. I think they get a couple of good months out of Kyrie before things turn. <laughs> um, so have you have you been paying attention to the media day stuff
1: and Kyrie already having goes at Golden State about protecting KD and whatnot? No, I haven't. Okay, so Kyrie's already opened his mouth,
0: saying
1: <laughs> that he's going to be there to protect KD because the Warriors knew, oh, they knew he wasn't ready to go or some something along those lines. And you're just like,
0: "Who's all gonna, right? Who's going to protect Kyrie?" I mean, Kyrie <laughs> makes Kevin Durant look like Pat Rafter in terms of happiness and being centered. If you reckon Durant's miserable and doesn't know when to, you know? Yep. I mean, at they, least Kevin Durant is—it's like that that meme that everyone's got with the uh, neutral on, bad, all those sort of head. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin Durant is neutral unhappy, and Kyrie Irving is destructive unhappy,
1: chaotic unhappy.
0: Yeah, he's weird. I'd have he's... this team higher if they had D'Angelo Russell at point In... guard and not Kyrie.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. So if they just got KD, yeah. I mean, there are some other things to like. Joe Harris just played uh, for you, the USA uh, team in the World Championship, so he'll be better that, this season. That's the team that made the quarterfinals, isn't it? It is, but he'll be better. He got crunch time minutes. They, you know,
1: he, well, he statistically for, they, speaking, serious. players that do play for Team USA have have better than average their their pre, like better seasons uh, yeah. for the experience. They learn a lot with that that experience, and and you're right, it, it could serve to be. Just something that to, to get Joe Harris over over a hump, so to speak, mm. have a breakout year.
0: But they've got Prince, they've got Harris. I just look at this lineup and I think Kevin Durant is probably gonna play four five for this team, more than he's oh, gonna play and, three. And the biggest, but the biggest problem I have is that he's not playing this year. Oh I think he's gonna come back towards the end of the season, especially if they From an Achilles are gonna make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I think he'll be back in March. I think he's shown that he's. I am. I am skeptical. Yeah, that might be where we differ. Yeah, and why I've got them higher than you've got them is that I think they'll probably get twenty games out of Durant this season before the before this playoffs, and that makes them. You know, I I think they're probably going to be the team no one wants to get in the first round, but we know Kyrie Irving is capable of being. You know, a clutch playoff performer. We also now know that he's capable of just quitting on his team in the playoffs, but he's not, he hasn't got two feet out of the door like he did last season. I mean, yeah, I, think it, I, think I,
1: think, it- I think Kyrie's got a, like undiagnosed multiple personality disorder or something. He's just, he is that far off the planet sometimes and just that left of center
0: that you really, you, you don't, you, it's a Pandora's box. Yeah. I think there are two variables for this team. That is how much good Kyrie they get before he breaks bad. And if he's flapping his mouth at media day, then that might have already happened. And how many games of Kevin Durant they get at the end of the season. I think coming back from the Achilles, he's gonna he might have he might have lost a step. I think he's gonna have to play, you know, four, five rather than three. And also the construction of the rest of their roster, I think. Mm. Well, well, my biggest thing bad, is, bad. well, where did they They finished in the eighth seed, didn't they? Yeah, they, I think. Seventh or eighth, it
1: was that. They just made the playoffs. Mm. And effectively, Kyrie, D'Angelo, similar. KD's injured. It's it's pretty much what we're saying about Detroit, where the, the team doesn't
0: look like an improvement on last year. DeAndre yeah, Jordan. Kevin Durant, if you ask me, DeAndre's going to be – by the sec, by the All Star break, going to be collecting DMPs. I just uh, he don't s- yeah, that, uh, that was DeAndre Jordan the gets most- bought
1: out once Kyrie starts losing his shit.
0: Yeah, that's almost the most perplexing move of the season. That Kyrie and Kevin Durant sacrificing salary to get DeAndre Jordan in. I mean, has he thing had the most ridiculous career in terms of signings. You know, there's two or three ridiculous mm-hmm. stories between him nearly signing with Dallas. And you know them are locking him, and kidnapping him to make sure he didn't do it. By the way, the guy, the guy who, the guy who kidnapped him to keep him in the Clippers, not at the Clippers anymore. And now you've got these two guys sacrificing salary to get DeAndre Jordan in a DeAndre Jordan, a guy in who's not going to help them.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't understand. I don't understand where a lot of their decisions have come from. That's. Mm. I don't know. It'll be an interesting, interesting watch. And I, as much as I won't be going out of my way to watch them on League Pass, if they're on and they're in my vision, I might take a bit of a sneak peek and and see which Kyrie we've got today. Kind of uh, check in.
0: Fair enough.
1: But I do think KD is not coming back this season. So that's where I guess we differ on the
0: on their their, their ranking. I think they'll hit that eighth spot again. It'd be a boring podcast if we just agreed about everything, Adam. Yes. Number five, I've got the Indiana Pacers. They added Malcolm Brogdon. They get back Alder Depot from the second half of the season. They got TJ Warren. They've got Dom Sabonis, Miles Turner, who is another guy who just played for Team USA. They got some nice guys on the bench: Jeremy Lamb, Doug McDermott, TJ Leaf.
1: Can I give you my hot take? Yeah. Pacers are going to have home court in the first round of the playoffs.
0: Well, I haven't got them far off. I've got them five. I mean, you know, I, I like this team and they, they've they been punching above and, their weight for two or three if, seasons now. And based on your
1: previous placings, yeah. they're playing Brooklyn. Anyway, that's Brogdon in my five. So I, I reckon Pacers, Pacers are going to
0: finish third. I, I mean, I like the Brogdon signing, I think he's a good complimentary point guard. He doesn't have to be the guy because Oladipo's the guy in this team. That's the big question. I've got time for any member of the Sabonis family who plays in the NBA. (laughs) And I just, I like what they've done, especially uh, considering the weakness in the Eastern Conference. This is absolutely a lock for a playoff team as far as I'm concerned. It's probably where I draw the line. Every team above here, I think, is a lock for a playoff team. Although that includes the team I've got in the cursed number four spot. I like the additions. They didn't overreach. They made one key move where it was like, who's the best guy that we can get who can make us better? He makes He's a subtraction from a, from a team in their own conference.
1: I like yeah, the move.
0: No, I like the no, team. No, I, think, I, think I like how brilliant. they're coached. And these guys could win 50 games. I don't know if they can win the title, but they can absolutely, given the right situation, the right circumstances, I can see them sneaking into a conference finals. Yep, like I can see, I can see them winning a playoff series. Oh, absolutely! I can, I, uh, I can see I say they're this. 50-50 yeah.
1: Once again, that that comes with that caveat of uh, it depends on how healthy Oladipo comes back. Yeah, because yeah, if if he's at ninety percent or better, this Indiana team's going to be so scary. You saw what they did last year without Oladipo.
0: Yeah, they were still a tough W, and-, and well, did um, and then
1: you look at was it Mike? Did Tur- Turner played significant minutes? Did not he for Team USA?
0: Yeah, I think he was their starting center.
1: Yeah, and Sabonis played in the World Cup.
0: Yeah, so these guys could have some some
1: serious impact this season.
0: I well, like i I could see them certainly finishing in the three or four spot. This might um, be the year we see turn Turner turn into a, a serious um, – have a serious breakout. And it's funny. I think they've always – throughout all their incarnations and all their collections of players that they've had, they've, I've always found them an easy team to like. Not yeah. being a Knicks fan. Um, well, I guess it's not that they're an easy team to like. It's just they're hard to
1: dislike. Yeah. I get a lot of yeah. people that dislike my team.
0: That's right, Adam. Oh, well. Okay, drum roll, <laughs> drum roll, time for the unlucky number four. Number four.
1: I've, I've the got first
0: spot, and I'm giving it to your NBA champion, Toronto Raptors. I've got them in the fourth spot. Now, they won the NBA title last year and they brought everyone back. I'd I bossed. Him. <laughs> <laughs> so you had Toronto higher? No, 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 I have Indiana in third. Okay. I'll Toronto uh, fifth, I think. They brought everyone back but Kawhi. So, obviously, they have a hole there, but they've got Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet. They've got Norman Powell. They've got the most improved player, Pascal Siakam, who's, I think, going to be better again this season. So, basically, they've they've got got the same lineup they had for 20-something games last season. Yeah, and they've got Gasol and Abarca. You know, there's a few players on there like Lowry and Gasol and who might not be as good, but if they can, you know, Van Vliet, was the pleasant surprise of the NBA Finals? He had a huge series. He could replace Lowry at some stage. They could move Lowry because Sol and Abaka still remain attractive pieces for a team that wants to add something. And yep. they'll want to defend the title. These guys—they—they they are the—they are the NBA champions. They want to defend this title. So I think they're going to show a lot of pride. I can see them finishing in the top half of the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, and, and they've also I got the only player. To three P in the last three years. Patrick McCaw. Patrick McCaw, who's they've got as the backup shooting guard at the moment in the depth chart. Three so, time NBA champion, Patrick McCaw. Did he play a minute for the Golden State Warriors? He didn't play. He's the I've never heard guy. of him. He played two seasons with the Golden State Warriors and then went to Toronto. Well, I can oh, wait. No, no, no. All I can think of now is the bird from the cover of Fruit Loops, but that's a toucan, not a macaw. (laughs) Am I I being unfair? This man has three rings. (laughs) This man has three rings. He does. And he's only 23. And he's only 23. The best is yet to come. He's going to win as many rings as Bill Russell, the greatest winner in the history of the He's on there. He's got 16 years in the
1: NBA, 16 rings. Let's go. Who will he it's, get traded to? Who's going to be marked possible? Champions?
0: So where the do match.
1: you have the Raptors? Um, I've got the fifth. I think that 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 fourth v fifth Boston matchup. They could slide down to sixth or seventh. That's if Siakam sort of doesn't maintain with his most improved sort of breakout season. But they've got a very. You're right. They've got a solid solid lineup. Uh, they're going to compete. It's a weak <laughs> conference. So there's a little bit more they, – they come up against a little bit easier competition than teams in the West who are going to face each other a, a lot more. I I, I I rate them. But I don't see any super out. Like, Siakam needs to go from most improved status to superstar status for these guys to be uh, holding home court in the playoffs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I can see them – I can see them getting towards 50 wins. I can see them getting home court in the first week of the playoffs. If you think a team can do that, then naturally it follows that you think they can win a playoff series, but I can't see them winning the title. No,
1: no. uh, It's it's not a title, but the other thing, and you, you said unlucky fourth seed, I could also see these Raptors performing like the Cavs, your prediction for the Cavs last year.
0: I don't think, I I don't think they'll be run in the same way though. I think I think Cleveland could have been more competitive if their front office had decided to persist with them being a little bit more competitive. But they you mean blew trying that up. to help, like to not go. Oh, we want the number one pick in game exactly. two of the regular season. Yeah, they they yeah. blew it up pretty quickly in Cleveland. Yeah. I don't see the Raptors doing that. I mean, part because they have the belt; they are the NBA. They've got champion. the belt. they They're going to have a chip on their shoulder to prove that they don't.
1: They're not going to just roll over and and rebuild because Kawhi's gone.
0: Number three is my uh, headliner this year for the same award that Oklahoma City won last year, my predictions, and that was the team that adds by subtracting, and that is the Boston Celtics. I've got them number three. They replace Kyrie Irving with Kemba Walker. They bring back Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart. They add Ennis Cantor. I I like this team. I liked them last year. I think for different reasons, I like them this year. They've had a few guys who were Brown, Tatum, and Smart, who were on the team USA set up, played some games. Gordon Hayward, another year removed from that broken leg. Uh, They're well coached. They don't have Kyrie Irving being morose and awful around all those young players.
1: They're they're, they're They've definitely gained by getting rid of Kyrie. Yeah, complete agreement there. But I think they've really lost in in Horford. Yeah. Losing Horford was huge. But
0: they also—he's so underrated. Look, I agree, but they had they had too many guys, and now they don't. They sort of now mm. they have a they have a rotation that makes sense. They have a crunch six or seven guys. That they can go to. They, they can, can play run. the four. Well, they've got Tatum down there. Tatum's the going to play the 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 crunch time four. Haywood at the three. Brown at the two, or vice versa. I can see them running a small ball crunch time lineup of Walker, Brown, Smart, Hayward, and Tatum, and just going complete with wow. ball. Okay. Hayward can play the four. I think it's more a question yeah. of Tatum playing the five. But there's a there's a team there's a lineup where you're happy pretty much with whoever's got the ball at the end. True. No, That'd be Who interesting. And Brad, with that and Brad Stevens and, and Brad Stevens
1: is a a great coach. I think mm. in order for Boston to have some success this year, Gordon Haywood's gotta start showing the world
0: that he's Gordon Haywood again. Yeah. And the thing is You've got to prove people- that he's Gordon Haywood. Yeah. And the thing that should give people confidence about that is what happened with Paul George. Yep. You know, at the same time frame. Now, Gordon Haywood is Brad Stevens guy. You know, from college yep. right through into the pros coming to Boston to play with him. I think based on last team, if they brought everyone else back, or let's say the Kyrie Kemba swap happens, but they also keep Horford, then Hayward was the guy who was the odd one out there, but Stevens was never going to get rid of Hayward. So this yeah. is sort of the next best situation. Horford's the oldest. Philadelphia had to sort of overpay a little to get him in terms of length of contract. You know, we're on the number three seed and Philly's one of the two teams I haven't mentioned. So don't get me wrong, I like Philly. But I just like this Boston team and I think they'll, they've will they got the potential to win the East and they're probably the first team that I think that in terms of the order I'm going through.
1: Going through, There's yeah. Well, three teams who can win the East. Look, you're right. I think they've got a really well spread lineup. Um, but I think you, you sort of, um, you, you've hidden the lead here now you were talking about league's greatest names. They have a gentleman by the name of Taco Fall,
0: <laughs> who is
1: seven foot
0: six on their team. They do. I mean I like that guy. He's he big. Like, he's big. I mean, I don't know if he's going to get too many minutes during the course of the season. He damn well should. He can he doesn't have to jump to dunk. Well, um, you see. And, and I'll, I'll paint the picture here:
1: when when the Celtics visit Los Angeles, and all the Lakers fans are screaming, "We want tacos!" <laughs>
0: <laughs> I knew whether it was because they're
1: leading by thirty points.
0: Does LeBron sign? Does LeBron orchestrate a trade just to get him on the Lakers? To get taco like, fall and then just play him on Tuesdays. Oh, man, you can't <laughs> trademark that. Can't trademark that. It's
1: common speech. Yeah, look. That guy's a giant, seven foot six. Yeah, but can he shoot the three? <laughs> Remains to be seen. I think him and Ben Simmons are about level standing at the moment. But...
0: Oh, don't was too soon, too soon. <laughs> don't go early. By the way, the first <laughs> seven foot six guy in the NBA, Manu Bowl, was like a forty-two, forty-three percent career free a uh, three-point shooter. Could be, could be a secret weapon that Brad Stevens. Six or seven in a game. You can find that video on YouTube where Bowl just sort of drops seven three-pointers from the top of the key from 25 feet. Just literally just drops them in. Amazing.
1: Yeah, you're right. The the Celtics, yeah, they look like they're going to balance out again after a, we'll call it a problematic season. Yeah. where, Where the wheels really came off last season.
0: And I think Cantor is a little bit undervalued in terms of what he can actually produce on the court. You know, obviously there's a bit of shenanigans and other stuff going on, some non, some off court stuff. Hopefully, a nice, good, solid situation in Boston. Good organization. I actually, I actually well think Canter is a solid role player. Yeah, and you has a job to do. Have, and as long as he does it, he's fine. Nearly every team in the NBA has at some point, Spot in their rotation, a solid role player or worse. So, correct. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, not every team
1: in the league has two top top five talents. Yeah, I think like
0: the no, interesting thing, the interesting thing going forward with the Celtics is, you know, who's the guy? Does Tatum take the next step? Is he? Does it become his team? Does Kemba come in and just like now I'm in my right situation? What we think going to happen with Jimmy Butler in Miami? you know this is my team i'm going to take the last shot does someone else step up
1: i think there's a chance jalen brown is the the one that raises up stands up and wants to be the alpha
0: yeah i mean I, I just don't know i mean haywood's done it in the past it's going to be one of those four guys and as
1: long as they don't argue over yeah as long as they don't argue over who's going to be the guy i think they'll
0: yeah. be okay yeah cuz there's a vacuum for that from Kyrie leaving because last year it was Kyrie and that didn't work like they wanted it to work. Kyrie thought so. Kyrie
1: was the guy, and the guys didn't think Kyrie was the guy. Okay.
0: Well, they wouldn't jump on board. Well, they need to agree—not so much agree on who the guy isn't, but agree on who it is. Yep. So then, yeah, I think that's the and, yeah. I think that's the variable. My number two in the Eastern Conference uh, is the team that was the number one in the Eastern Conference in the regular season last season, and that is the Milwaukee Bucks. They have lost Malcolm Brogdon, but they have added Wes Matthews. They've got Derek Bledsoe, Chris Middleton, Giannis. They've got both Lopez brothers. They've got George Hill, Kyle Korver, Ursan, Iliasova on the bench. This is a team built for another run.
1: So as far as what you're describing is they've got a little bit better, but they're going to finish a little bit worse. They are, because I think another team has improved more. You've been drinking the Kool-Aid, my friend. You have been drinking the (laughs) Kool-Aid.
0: Well, I drank it last year too. (laughs) Um, The Bucks, hey? So I don't know if it's so much if it's an upgrade – from Brogdon out, where's Matthews in? I think it's more after last season's playoffs, do we trust Eric Bledsoe? Mm. I'd almost be more confident. Yeah, I'd almost be more confident if George Hill started on this team because I don't think George Hill is necessarily a better player at their best than Eric Bledsoe, but I think George Hill doesn't take so much off the table. He's a more consistent performer. And the way this team is built, I think that's more like what you well, need. They've
1: got some shooting around him. Yeah. And it's, it's all structured around putting the right pieces around Giannis. Yeah. And, and on that, so this is a team that's doubled the number of Antetokounmpo's they have. I
0: can't imagine Thanasis actually playing quality minutes, but yeah, that's 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 the guy who so sews the singlets are run out of O's. That's all I got.
1: Uh look they oh look at that. They they picked up who'd they get? Isn't that Dragon Bender? Isn't he a like a, a former overall like third or fourth pick I
0: think for so. the Suns? No, that memory's repressed. Repressed memories? <laughs> oh boy.
1: Yeah, no, look, they they've put pieces. They they rather than yeah. It looks like the shooting around Giannis is gonna be interesting. You're right, the, the question has been asked about about Bledso and and now I don't know, I, I feel like
0: they've upgraded a little bit. Yeah. Wesley I mean, Matthews I, can 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 play defense? I don't necessarily think they're a better regular season team than last season. But I like them a little bit more this season in terms of a playoff run. And I know they made the Eastern Conference Finals mm. last season. But I still worry about that point guard spot and whether they can just – I mean, you look at someone like Toronto and, and the point guard play they were able to get from Lowry and Van Vliet. Can yeah. they get that sort of reliability in production and not, not taking things off the table, not turning the ball over, not missing open threes? They need that sort of reliability. And if they can get that and Giannis can continue to develop and they have that shooting around him, then yeah. this is this is it this is a tough, tough team to beat four out of seven in a playoff series. For anyone in the Eastern Conference, anyway. Yeah. I mean, at the pointy ends, I think the conferences aren't that much different this season. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like this. Like this team, this team is pretty damn well constructed. Yeah.
1: And and why is the best why they recruited matches. Sideshow Bob to go with Brook Lopez? Is it just so? It's become like a branded as a
0: family team or? I guess, but one's backing up the other. They're never going to be on the court together. So they'll probably be on <sighs> Do the Do they bench end up getting the same time. haircut? <laughs> so that leaves one team in the Eastern Conference and it is the, the Los Angeles 76. Lakers. Oh, <laughs> It's the Philadelphia 76ers. I've drunk the Kool-Aid again. I had them, I think, second last season in my uh, preseason behind the Boston Celtics. I think they made the same round of the playoffs as the Boston Celtics. But I've got the number one this season. I think losing Jimmy Butler wasn't great. They brought in Josh Richardson. That's a pretty good making the best out of a bad situation. Agreed. And they added Al Horford. Um, who was the guy in the league who was best – one of the things he was best known for was stopping Joel Embiid. Can't do it anymore. They're on the same team. And, you know, I'm willing to believe that the videos haven't been doctored. He's not shooting over a chair. Um, I'm not saying they've gonna...
1: them. I just reckon they've got 15 hours of footage to get those little clips.
0: <laughs> but he's hitting them. He's shooting them. They went in. He's going to shoot them this season. I mean, this is a bigger problem now. If he puts all these videos out, I like what he's done. He's put the pressure well, on played, himself. Played in a rec center against subpar players,
1: basically shooting open look threes. Oh, no, I guess, you? yeah, early early scouting on. He says, just leave him open and give him a aren't, crack.
0: Aren't we all expecting him to shoot the three this year now? That's that would be progress. Is this is true. This Sixer team is good enough to coast through till Christmas. Waiting for him <laughs> so, to start, start waiting for him to start hitting them. Once he starts hitting them, if Ben Simmons develops a reliable three point shot, this is the best starting lineup in the NBA by some distance. Okay, so by the All Star break, ready? I
1: I would like to know who has the better mid range and three point
0: field goal percentage: Ben Simmons or Markel Fultz? Well, Fultz is going to play. We know Simmons is going to play. NBA games aren't exhibition games at Marvel Stadium. Ben Simmons is going to play in these games and he will get the opportunity to shoot and he will shoot them. Oh
1: boy. No, when, there's no Oh, don't let's not let's not jump on the uh tackle the Aussies that didn't play in the in the World Cup. Now, we know it's not their fault. <laughs> we will hey, get to that. If, if my boss had said I'm just. I just gave you a 175 million dollar or 170 million dollar contract. I don't want you playing in the off season. I'd say yes, sir. No problem. Yes, I want you I, to go away and learn how to shoot a three. Yeah, rather than potentially go and get yourself injured and cost this franchise 170 million dollars over three years or four years.
0: Yeah, but don't That's you agree? That's Simmons- enough
1: about the World Cup.
0: Yeah, if Simmons can become reliably solid from longer range. It completely transforms the upside of the Sixer team. Agreed. Two-time rookie of the year, Ben Simmons, needs to. <laughs> 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 we should call this, just us talking the NBA, the these-guys-won't-let-it-go podcast. Ah. Uh, oh. Uh. It should, it should go without saying,
1: unless you're talking to Adam because he's like a dog with a bone. He won't let it go. Ben Simmons, yes. Uh, he needs to – I think last year it was a plateau year. So this has to be one of those he needs to show something else. He can't coast again. Yeah. And he's got the potential to do it, especially if he's added a jump shot. I mean, not only do people will people stop – criticizing his lack of a jump shot if he starts knocking down threes and mid-range shots, but he'll also take his game to another level and and sort of go up from that uh, potential star bracket that he's currently in to to being potentially a superstar.
0: Yeah, I think there are two variables about this team. There's Ben Simmons' jump shot and there's if they've got anyone on the bench who can play. All no, right, so what's, any your, what's, your starting,
1: what, what's your starting five? These guys are
0: huge, by the way. They are. So Simmons, Richardson, Tobias Harris, Al Horford, and Joel Embiid. They're all six foot seven, six foot eight at the very least. But they, but other than Simmons, they can all shoot. Their bench at the moment is Raul Nito, Zaire Smith, James Ennis, Mike Scott, Kylo Quinn, Jonah Bolden, and Matisse Tiboule. Matisse Tiboule. So they need one or they, two they of those guys to emerge.
1: Yep. They they need some some solid performances out of, I suppose, some of their lesser known, younger, unknown players.
0: Yeah. Yep. Or sure. otherwise, they're going to have to. Trade they're relying some pieces on Mike. They Scott don't being, have
1: what, six, their six man.
0: Yeah, they're going yeah, to, yeah, have to trade some pieces. They don't have to bring in some bench help, which is mm. you don't want to trade pieces to bring in bench well. help. Jonah Bolden could have a
1: breakout year. Showed some good signs. Looked really good for the Aussies before he realised his uh, Sixers teammate was also not playing in the
0: FIFA <laughs> World Cup. Sorry, here we go again. I'm not yeah, watching was- the Boomers again until they win a meaningful game. I'm sorry. Yeah. I watched two games of that World Cup. It was the semi-final and the bronze medal playoff. And as soon as it came to crunch time, they, they, they just. Couldn't keep scoring. They, they, uh I'm just, it was exactly like the Olympics, and this I was a team yeah, with was, enough over could, the fact that it was all well, a a Yeah. Ah well.
1: Yeah, Trey Burke, Jonah Bolden. I know my yeah, Mike Scott can shoot.
0: The other variable, yeah, you're right. Team, There's no depth. Yeah. The other variable in this team is how many games does Embiid play?
1: Well, do they load manage him? Because well, you can play, to... you can you can rest him occasionally. whack Horford down. You can even have the odd stretch where you think you're going to get a run of fairly easy games, and alternate Embiid and Horford, give them both an extended break, get some minutes into to Bolden, or look for that that next piece, and give some minutes in preparation for the playoffs if you've got enough of a lead in the conference. Yeah. Do you think this team looks for the number one seed, or you think they just, as long as they're top four, they're happy?
0: Well, I don't know if anyone really looks for the number one seed anymore. I think Milwaukee did because they got on a run and they enjoyed winning, mm. and they were young and they'd never been there before. But but it wasn't a this we have to do this at all costs, yeah, yeah. This will be the third year in the playoffs for this sixer group. So I think they realised, and if you are good, you think we can get a win that we need to get on someone else's floor. So, just picking a couple of bench guys for some from some other uh, contenders or non contenders. But if this Sixer team had George Hill and Andre Iguodala on the bench, they would. I would be all in for them to win the title. So, Matisse Thybulle
1: was the 20th pick. He's probably the mm-hmm. most most likely of their rooks to get minutes. They you get to the playoffs. You you're running a seven man rotation.
0: Yeah, but you can't
1: you argue, I agree mean, that but- some of these guys just just play their role. They've brought back a lot of the old a lot of these ones
0: have been re-signed. Look, I mean as I said, their starting lineup is probably already the the best top to bottom starting lineup in the NBA. And look, don't sleep on Trey Burke to be a off the bench
1: guy that can help run the um, the second unit.
0: Yeah. It's.
1: I. I think. I. I do think they'll. Um. Barring disaster, obviously, you know, Touchwood got injuries and and the whatnot, but, yeah, I, I. I think they're thereabouts. I. I had Milwaukee one, Philly two, but it could go either way. It's. I think it's clearly those two teams in the East.
0: So have you have you got a fifteen to one? Have you got a countdown that you've got? Not really. Um, I, I kind of have my
1: like top eight playoff, and the rest is kind of well. I just have Charlotte at the bottom, and <laughs> the rest can make up the numbers. Really, uh, so I got number number one. Obviously, we differ. I've got uh, Milwaukee. Number two, I've got uh, Philly. Number yep. three, I have the Pacers because yep. I think that 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 team's going to be quite impressive. Uh, number four, I had the Celtics. And the Raptors, 4v5. That that matchup, uh, I think, is destined to happen. Which yeah, so we've, got this, we've got the same top five. Pretty, pretty much. Just same top ones. five. Uh, sixth. Now, where did I start to differ? Because I had the Heat in sixth. Did you have them in sixth or seventh? I had them seventh. So I have the Heat sixth.
0: I then had Orlando and Brooklyn. Okay. So, so we're almost the same. same. Got the same eight playoff teams, but yep. Just in a different order, and yeah. The, the rest of the seven, Atlanta is your is your. Oh, I think Atlanta
1: finishes ninth, not Detroit. And yeah. I also think there's a potential that Atlanta goes on a run and ends up with a seventh or eighth spot. But that's a few caveats. That's Fair it. Enough. Dead dead ass last is Charlotte. You heard it here you heard, first. You heard it here first. About an hour and a half. Probably, ago. probably not. Um, I'm I'm sure I'm not the only person that thinks that the Charlotte Hornets are um, really
0: asking Phoenix to hold their beer. Look, I don't don't necessarily think, maybe believe, that Cleveland are going to have the worst record. I just want them to have the worst record. They're making me look foolish 12 months ago, okay? That's it. Don't worry. Anyway... have made many a
1: person look foolish, including LeBron James.
0: And on that note, what mm. conference does LeBron James play in, Adam? Currently, he plays in the Western Conference, I believe, and man. Next time on It Should Go Without Saying, we're going to do the same for the Western Conference, the Beston Conference, the, the conference that in has conference. both of our NBA teams, the long-suffering Phoenix Suns, and the never suffering for long Los Angeles Lakers. Not for long. Oh. It's been a good seven or eight years since we made the playoffs. Oh, point. Boo-hoo, since you won, you know, whichever back to back title of your 17, 18, 47, 102 NBA championships. It's hard to re- reset expectations when you've won that many. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Until then, it's been a pleasure, Adam. Yes, this has been great. Um, I don't know how we did so long on the, on the Eastern Conference.
0: So Cheers thanks topics. to all the other topics. <laughs> we, did, we, we, we did get to mentioning TJ Leaf. So TJ Leaf, that's right, for Indiana. Until next time, when it'll be Adam and I talking about the Western Conference, this has been It You Go That Saying. I'm Andrew Lewis. We will see you next time.